After how much everyone enjoyed Pest Control, I knew I had to step it up and make something even better with my third attraction. I also wanted to continue differentiating from classical horror attractions and giving them my joy sequence style and come up with something even more magical and folklore based and less horror while still incorporating scares. So I started to think about some different stories and the story just kind of fell together very naturally. It was like the story wanted me to discover it. As pretentious and arty as that sounds, it really did. Because I thought like, oh, there could be a box. Oh, the box could have magic. Oh, there could be people that worship this box's magical power. Oh, they could all be in a shrine. And it just grows and grows and just naturally this story just came to me and I knew that it had to be the one. It felt like a very expandable concept and something that I could really throw my ideas into and give a whole new angle to the, the concept of a cult worshipping a magical item. I wanted to try and tackle all of the senses so that's how the story came about where the box would be a sixth sense and that sixth sense sixth i really can't say that word would be joy and that would be a sense that you feel independently from any other sense and you can only feel that sense through the magic of this box and by worshipping it and if you disobeyed or didn't believe in the box's power then it would curse you and all of your senses would be compromised and that was the the premise of the attraction and how it would because obviously let's be real you're not going to worship the box and be blessed with joy and walk out no you're obviously going to get the curse all of your senses are going to be attacked for all these different special effects and then you're going to come out hopefully laughing as my little explanation of the story there wasn't the best, I'm going to play for you now the little synopsis audio that came with the teaser trailer. It tells the story much better than I can now. Legend tells of a mysterious phenomenon, an elusive extension to the five senses. The sixth sense, joy in its purest form. Concealed within the box, its origins unknown, its workings a mystery. For centuries, people have tried to break open the box, though its lid remains bound with a crank handle on its side that cannot be turned. Neither science nor brute force could unseal it. Its now lies protected in a shrine created by the joy seekers, the devout followers of this profound joy. While every completed lunar cycle, Box calls out an enchanting jingle. The crank handle turns and unleashes its contents upon those who surround it. Pure joy. True believers make a pilgrimage to this site in search of its offering and to pay worship to Chawanda. Non-believers who attempt to benefit with sceptical souls will suffer a hellish curse should they not escape in time. And as much as there's so much that goes into that story and it really expands on the depth of the story from pest control, 
I also wanted it to not be too intimidating and that like you have to understand the story to be able to enjoy the attraction because I know that I had people come into this attraction that don't really enjoy diving into the story side and they just want to go through and just you know enjoy the experience and the theatrics so I made sure to deliver it in a way that if you really wanted to understand the, the depth of this backstory and why the, the joy seekers worship this box and what happens and the history of it, it was there to uncover but if you didn't want to then it would also make sense because you could just have a light understanding that oh there's a box, oh all you have to do is believe, so there was a slogan that was played while you were in the queue, all you have to do is believe, all you have to do is believe. You knew that you were going in and you were going to sit in front of this magical box and something was going to happen. And to be honest, it would if you didn't have a clue what was going to happen, it would have only just made it scarier and more strange, but still completely enjoyable and followable. The setting was decorated with lots of authentic tapestries and natural paintings that were all made to portray this kind of natural vibe of people that live off the land. All they do with their free time and all they can think about is this box, they worship it, they've come up with their own literature. I got someone who I know is very good at poetry to write some poems that I then painted on the tapestry. That really gave the queue and surrounding area a really, really authentic and artistic feel with these ambiguous poems poems that people could read and it started to give them a sense of what the people were thinking and what, what kind of tone the village was like that they were in. Rules, commandments, the commandments being you know, no food and drink inside the shrine, do not enter if you have a heart problems or are pregnant. It was all linked nicely together, so it was an attraction with a believable story and a believable existence. It felt as though it was there for a reason and you were actually going in the shrine to see something as opposed to here's a shrine it's going to be scary queue up and go inside it had enough of a story that it was almost like you were there to see the shrine and to see what what is this box and what is actually going to happen in the garden where i had everyone queuing i created a queue line where you would go through the tapestries towards the front and then as you got towards the end where the shrine was there was one final tent that you'd go inside, it had some audio playing with some announcements, just to give you that feeling of, you know, you're nearly there, it's your turn next. Welcome fellow joy seekers. Whilst you wait to enter the shrine, please secure all personal belongings and leave food and drink behind. The use of mobile phones and cameras in the shrine is strictly prohibited. Upon entering the shrine, take your seat and wait for joy. In the event of a non-believer being detected, an exit path on your left has been set up by the joy seekers to lead you out of the shrine safely. You must use this exit route and quickly, as those who do not act quickly will be lost to joy's curse of eternal suffering, trapped within the box forever. There was some uh, heads with screws in the eyes and ears and it was all, you, the, basically the senses being compromised with this blue blood coming out. It was all quite metaphorical stuff representative of the story while you waited. And then when your turn was next to enter the shrine, you heard this audio. Believers, you have been summoned. Joy awaits you. Yes. 
and inside you went. As you walked into the shrine, you were greeted with drumming and the atmosphere massively changed. It's, it went from being really serene outside, really calm music to thumping drums, ritual, something's gonna happen. You go in, the lights are a dark blue, you start to feel nervous. You have to sit, out, sit down on these seats. Everyone sits together in a row of four and you're just facing this huge box with spotlights on it, these blue pulsing spotlights. And then after everyone settled, the lights would begin to go down. You'd hear some final whispers of joy, joy. And then the room would go into pitch black. And that's when the jingle would begin. So you knew that the box was winding itself up, it was getting ready to unleash the joy, and then it's interrupted. You hear whispers of non-believer, non-believer. All starts to get a bit dramatic and rumbly, lights start to flash, sounds of birds and, and screams start to happen and, and you can hear the mumbling of the joy seekers. And then, probably my favourite part of the whole attraction, right in the middle of sitting there in the pitch black wondering what the hell's going on, everyone gets squirted with water. Each and every group was thoroughly surprised and screamed out loud and it was the perfect way to get everyone actually properly on edge. Because after that, people were like, oh god, anything could actually happen and I'm actually being assaulted. I can't see. I'm having water squirted at me. It's loud. And of course, the sense of smell was also taken into consideration. Smell plays a massive part and a massive importance of creating an atmosphere, setting the scene, and telling people what they're supposed to feel. Speaking of smell, I actually have Liam, who is the Attractions Consultant for Aroma Prime here on the line. Liam, how would you explain Aroma Prime? Aroma Prime is a company that's over 40 years old. It was founded in the 1980s when it started creating unusual smells for museums and eventually it started making smells for theme parks as well. Poo, to rotting flesh, to the sea, uh, urine, then mm. all toilet related. And they can be to bring a new level of immersion to immersive experiences. How would you explain to someone how, how much it can really change the experience and immerse you into a, an, an attraction? Because of the way that your smell receptors are connected to the part of your brain that processes memories and emotions, the smells take you into the past in a way that visuals and sound and touch just can't do, imprinting a brand and an experience in your mind. So I knew that I needed to have smell play a very important role in joy, not only to attack that sense, but I really wanted people to feel like they were in a magical environment. So I've actually still got all of my samples that I asked for, and I'm just, I'm looking through now. Oh, God, it stinks. Um, which ones would relate to joy? These are all the guilt trip ones. Let me just go back. Like, it was a certain, it was a smell that I couldn't exactly just say, oh, wait, I need that smell. It was, it was very much a smell that I didn't know the name of, or, or the origin of, or anything. It, I just wanted it to smell magical. I looked through the website and I asked for some samples of ones that I thought sounded quite abstract and potentially quite pleasant. So I got all these lovely ones like aniseed, crusty bread, incense, 
And then there was one called Werewolf, which I thought, oh, what, what could that smell like? Took the sample, gave it one smell, and I knew instantly in that moment that was the smell. Liam, how would you describe the smell of Werewolf? Well, if you go to our website, it says it's a haunting, wild and musty scent of a creature in the darkness. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to explain what it smells like, but it was perfect for the job. It smells magical, it smells mysterious, it smells a bit musty, but it is overall quite pleasant. You, um, I think, was it a mini dispenser that you originally tried for Joy? Oh yeah, I originally, so I went for the mini dispenser, which is the entry machine, because I wasn't really sure about the world of smells. This was my first time, you know, using smells in an attraction. Um, so I started off little to see what it was about, got the mini dispenser, but I realised that the mini, mini dispenser is much more suited to smaller rooms. And as I was trying to fill a garage space with a smell, it wasn't right. So what I decided would be much more appropriate would be to buy the spray bottles. It really worked to my advantage because the shrine was full of draped fabric. So I just drenched all of the fabric with this spray bottle and it lasted for weeks. It was perfect. I've actually come to find um, since that project that lots of other um, walkthrough attractions use sprays as a long-lasting solution because it kind of makes the environment feel a bit more authentic when it's the actual objects that have the smell because smells normally actually come from objects rather than just the air itself. I did find it was particularly useful if you're walking through corridors and touching fabrics, because if those fabrics are covered with this smell, your hands are going to smell of it. So basically Mm. that that, that attraction is going to stay with you because you're going to reek of it. If you had as much money as is necessary, what kind of smell experience might you like to try for a future attraction. There was something that I was really interested in doing with Joy, but I wasn't really able to pull it off with the space constraints that I had. I I wanted to have two very distinctly different smells. So when you enter the shrine, the room was filled with this very pleasant and lovely smell. And then as you enter through into the cursed, horrible corridors, the smell would change completely. Another obstacle was that the corridors were to be full of smoke. And I I just wasn't able to stretch my budget to be able to buy smoke machine scented liquid, which is actually something that I was offered. Um, You can buy scented fog fluid, which I thought was amazing. Just unfortunately, I couldn't stretch my budget to get any. The second use of smell, which I'm really interested in trying in my next attraction, is to have the space that you're in change smell. Initially, there would be a certain smell. And then during a pre-show or something like that, the the scent could be blown into the room through a fan, which would hit everyone's noses and instantly change the smell that they're smelling. And I think that would be really impactful because everyone would be very much aware of it. And you could really use that sudden change of smell to your advantage in storytelling. And I have experienced that kind of thing in uh, at Europa Park on Volatarium. As you are flying through all the different scenes, you fly through a scene of fields and grass and the smell of grass is blown into your face. And then you fly through some a city and the smell of industrial like city smells is blown at you and it's fantastic it, it, it's the best way to immerse you in live time into a story with the way that flying theater seats move around they tend not to use liquids um because the liquids would be flying all over the place so what they tend to have are aroma beads which are scented tiny little things that are put in a meshed bag 
and then a fan blows the aroma out at um, the right time and they're in mesh bags so there's no mess and aroma prime has actually just started doing aroma beads Oh, fantastic. That's really interesting and also makes so much sense because I imagine spraying a liquid onto the back of a fan is probably not the best idea. Did you find that your guests had any particular reaction to the smell? I, I did notice a couple of times people would say, oh, what's that smell? Or, oh, it smells good. So people very much positively responded to the smell. I, I feel like smell is the... I don't want to say ignored because ignored might not be the right word, but it's the last sense that people really... Uh, actively notice in the moment when you've got strobe lights in your face and you've got water being squirted at you and you're being deafened by horrible sounds smell is potentially the last thing that you like think about in that moment however it's definitely one of the things that stays with you longer and if you were to smell that smell again it would take you right back to that moment really powerfully i think there are results that we can present that prove the benefits of smell the wicker man smell at alton towers it's got people talking about the ride so much, like I, one almost couldn't believe how much people talk about the smell of Wicker Man. One might just say it's just a smell, but people have really strong memories connected to it. They have emotions connected to it. It captures people's imaginations and excitement. Mm, it certainly detracts from the smell of the toilets. Or did you just make that up to be funny? <laughs> no, I was trying to be funny saying that the toilets smell, smell bad. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, the smell of Wicker Man detracts from the smell of the toilet. Never mind, it wasn't funny, it was a dad joke. <laughs> I appreciate your humour. <laughs> I'm just upset that not all of the roller coasters have smells. Like, what would the Smiler smell like? And I just really want to know, like, what would 13 and Galactica smell like? Everything should have smells attached to it. Well, fans of the Smiler have almost unanimously decided that it smells like an old hospital. I think it's also um, people's association with the old hospital smell might be linked to the sanctuary. Yes, because uh, I think m smells are usually most commonly used in scare attractions and walkthrough experiences, not so much roller coasters. And that's why Wickerman, it's it's so great that, that smell is used for Wickerman because I'm hoping that is the, the you know, the, the step the, the stepping stone to future roller coasters, you considering them and thinking it's an important part of their theming. Thanks for coming and chatting with me, Liam. Do you want to plug Aroma Prime? You can visit aromaprime.com and there are dispensers and there are over 400 smells and we're happy to help you find what you need for your project. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook by searching for Aroma Prime. So the only sense that I didn't manage to force upon people was the sense of taste because I'm still working on how to do that. However, my way of making people taste something during the experience and the attraction was I made a gift shop at the end of the experience. So once you leave, you go down a little corridor at the very sort of like edge of the garden where I had mist piping above you that gets you nice and wet, you know, you can't leave this experience dry. And then you emerge straight into the gift shop. And in the gift shop, I had some edible and drinkable goods in the form of punch. It was all very, very tasty and it was, it was a way to get the sense of taste in there. So after you'd been squirting the face with water and you were at this point completely violated, there was a red light in the distance ahead of you with a big draped cloth that was being pulled open. A siren started to ring at, with a clock ticking so you could feel this, my time is actually coming to an end, I need to get out of here, I need to do whatever I need to do. 
So everyone got up and headed into this pitch black opening into the corridor behind. Everyone was like holding on to each other, like really not knowing what to expect, but because of the environment that they were in, they were so scared and submerged in this experience that they just had to carry on going forward. There was no going back. And as you go through the tunnel, you then come into the classic joy sequence corridors of terror, full of thick smoke, strobe lights, banging, awful sounds, screeching, I even, I even incorporated the sounds of people sobbing. It was truly a complete violation of all of your senses. You couldn't see where you were going, your ears were being deafened, and you had to just find your way out. Even though you couldn't see anything, you had to keep going. You, you come towards a dead end, which feels like a dead end, but a blue light can be seen shining down below on the ground, and if you follow your hands down the wall, you eventually realise that that light is coming from an opening down below, and people, people had to crawl under the tunnel and push their way out of the other side. There was a little door in the tunnel, and as you pushed the door open and climbed out, you realise that you've just climbed out of the box. And I thought that was a really nice little way of wrapping the whole experience up as to one thing. You were inside the box, it had you in its curse, and you managed to escape. And a lot of people turned around and were completely amazed. They were like, wow. We have just come out of the box that we were looking at. And it just worked so well and everyone was really impressed with it. And I feel like it just tied the whole story together and made you feel like you truly had been on a journey. It was incredible. I'm not really a big fan of horror stuff, but the experience was just amazing. I think it was so well put together. And it was just like, I didn't know what to expect. But you just go in this room and then you, it was just pitch black. And you sat there and then there's this box in the middle and loads of voices coming out. And then uh, there was some point like we, we got spat at um, this water coming towards us. And it was just scary because you're not expecting it. So you just jump. It was, And then we'd go into this... Uh, um, path and this path was pitch black as well with loads of like obstacles in the like in between there was this um smell as well and there's some screams making, making it even more scarier uh but yeah no it was it was just incredible i think it was a great experience and you know it's one of those um attractions that you would enjoy at a like big amusement park i think it, it was one of those really enjoyed it Def, definitely recommend it and i really hope uh, adam put some more on because i will be there i remember you entered the darkened entrance area and there was flashing lights and there was pulsating noise and music there was there was smoke this this box that contained this extra sense joy itself you were introduced to it and there was flashing lights behind it and then there was all of a sudden of course water squirting in the face and then you were forced into this maze this claustrophobic area with twists and turns in the dark no idea where i was going and you know it seemed to go on for a lot longer you know it seemed to go on forever and then eventually you you crawl out of the box the actual box itself is the end of the maze and you, you turn around and there you are in front of the box and you feel like you've really been on an adventure and the maze was the curse of the box luckily it worked every time and went very smoothly however of course i was prepared and i did have a delay announcement that i made that was ready to play into the people queuing and waiting just in case there was a problem and that sounded like this Attention all believers, Joy is experiencing a spiritual difficulty and has caused a delay in operation. Please be patient as we expect to reopen the shrine for worship momentarily. 
In terms of actors, in Pest Control, I did have actors inside. However, for this attraction, I opted to have the inside of the shrine a lonely experience. I wanted people to feel extremely isolated in this environment with all their senses being attacked and it actually worked out really well because people, when I spoke to people after they come out of it, they said that they felt really vulnerable, really lonely, claustrophobic and quite scared. I did, however, have an actor outside in the queue she got so into the theme and she came up with her own outfit and it was fantastic. She had blue hair, she had flowers around her head and she sat and played with cards. She even drew joy symbol tattoos up her arms and it was fantastic. And her role was basically just to sit and wait for joy, be peaceful and give glares to people in the queue. Creating the setup for Joy was definitely one of the more physically involved attractions. It involved constructing a giant box. I'm not the most handy person or the most DIY efficient person. However, my mother, also known as the DIY queen, so I recruited her to be the prop designer for Joy. I put together a dimension product sheet sketch thing of how I wanted the box to be, what size I needed it to be, because I had to bear in mind that I needed people to be able to crawl through it. People of all sizes. So after a bit of experimentation, crawling under coffee tables and stuff and trying to figure out what would be a size that would suit all people. Also with foam padding at the bottom being bared in mind because I needed it to be comfy on people's knees because you know some older people were going to come to this attraction and you must always be aware of older people's knees. I came up with the perfect size and my mum was a dream. She went away, bought the wood, made the box, billed me and dropped it off at my house. And then got to painting it using masking tape to create all the straight vertical lines all the way around it and then painting it the various shades of blue. One of the cool effects that came from having the different shades of blue on the box in lines was that when the different shades of blue on the lighting above it shined on the box and faded in and out of the different shades the lines at different points became more clear and more bold and then more muted dark and light so it actually appeared as though the the lines of the box were you know coming in and out and pulsating in different brightnesses of color and it created a really magical looking effect i also had to put up a lot of plastic sheeting in and make sure it was really quite airtight and light tight because I needed the corridor at the back to be pitch black and full of smoke. Whereas when you at the beginning bit, not to be full of smoke. And it worked really well in the end. And it also created a really good effect that I wasn't necessarily expecting, but it worked perfectly, which was because the corridor leading out of the box at the back was full of smoke. When people emerged from the box, pushing the lid open and crawling out, all of the smoke from the corridor actually came out with them and the blue light. So the box opening looked magical, blue lit smoke pouring out of the box. It looked excellent. So there are two accidental, almost unexpected effects that came from these blue lights. And I'm going to stop talking about blue lights now because I think it's time to answer some listener questions. Philip asks, what made you decide to include a gift shop for this attraction? Well, I was just looking at other attractions and ride experiences that exist and what makes them feel so complete and something that you very commonly find you experience after the attraction that ties it up all together really nicely and makes you go home with something that reminds you of it forever 
is a gift shop. And I thought, I could do a gift shop. I'm doing tents in the queue line that you walk through. I can have another tent at the end of the thing that you walk through with things in it to buy. Not to forget the joy sequence fridge magnets which have been present at every previous attraction. Also, of course, as I mentioned previously in the podcast, that was a really good way to get people to have punch and food, which added the, t- the, the sense of taste into the attraction. I also used it as a place for people to fill out a survey on an iPad so I could get some feedback about the attraction and how to improve. And it was also a good place to showcase the book that I had had written. It was a book of poetry written by a poet called Philip Cramp. That can be found if you search Tales from the Joy Seekers on Amazon. It's available as a free ebook and also as a paperback copy. Has there ever been an awkward moment where somebody who doesn't know about your attractions has seen something and been like, what the hell is that? <laughs> yes, actually. A couple of days after the Joy attraction, I hadn't pulled down everything from the outdoor queue section yet. And where the last tent was positioned with the polystyrene heads in, with the screws in the eyes and the ears and whatnot, with the blue blood coming out, that was actually by the back gate. And a couple of days later, a delivery man decided to come into the garden through the back gate. And to his surprise, he walked into a tent with heads full of screws froze and then a little while later he made his way to the front door knocked i opened he looked at me with a pale face and said i've just walked into your garden and found some heads in a tent and a poem and i was like oh yes (laughs) don't worry about that that's um spooky themed party the weekend and then continued to unload his food shop crate into my hallway for the next 10 minutes in complete silence Liam asks, Was it intentional to have Joy share a word with the Joy sequence? Are the two related in this context? If not, would you give Joy a different name? To be honest, this is actually something that, in retrospect, I don't quite like. The Joy sequence is the name of my umbrella brand that makes these attractions like Pest Control, The Grotto, and Joy. However, I think some people might find it confusing because I know a couple of people that came to the attraction still call the attraction the joy sequence. And I can't stand things that could be taken wrong, incorrectly. It's called joy because that's the sense of joy that people get from the box. And my brand's called the joy sequence because after many, many, many ideas of names, that's the one I landed on that I thought sounded like what I wanted to represent. To what extent do you consider the health and safety of your attractions? To a high extent. I make sure that there's nothing that people can trip on, there's nothing that can fall on people, I make sure that nothing's going to hurt people or nothing can hurt people. If anything could go wrong, I have considered it and accounted for it. I have fire extinguishers in the garage ready just in case a light decides to explode. If you're not working on the joy sequence, what do you do in your spare time? To be honest, at the period of time where I'm working on an attraction, that usually takes up my complete attention and for any free time that I've got for months. However, in between that, I do enjoy traveling to theme parks. I have, over the last couple of years, really enjoyed traveling um, to new theme parks in Europe, such as Wallaby Holland, Europa Park, Fantasialand. How much work goes into the joy sequence? A lot. Stupid amounts. Frank asks, if you could master just one skill in an instant, what skill would you pick? 
that's a really interesting question that had me thinking for a long time and I've decided on one that I think would take a long time to do and it would just be great to skip the entire process and be completely efficient, efficient, proficient and that would be to speak the German language because I love the German language and I love Germany and it would just be great. The reason I say that I'd like to just skip the process of learning it is because I spent a few years learning Spanish and I have experienced how long and how much dedication it takes to really understand it in a most basic manner and be able to have a very basic conversation. But then it is also really exciting when you get there in the end and can converse with people in their native language. And I just really enjoy languages. I enjoy learning about how they work. I think it's really interesting. And the German language especially, it seems really interesting to me. And I actually just love the sound of it as well. If you could travel across time to two events, which events would you pick? I'm going to pick one in the past and one in the future. As for the past one, I think I might pick December 31st, 1999, just because I imagine the vibes on that night were amazing. I bet everyone was best friends and I bet everyone was buzzing, but I also am really intrigued how everyone might have been quite worried, worried and panicful about the computers all, you know, messing up and not working anymore because of the new millennium. And then the amazing relief that nothing actually happened to the computers once it got to January 1st at midnight. I just think that sounds really interesting. I would like to relive that moment. I'm saying that I I, I was alive at this year. <laughs> like I was alive but I was young and I barely remember it. So I guess I'd like to experience that night as an adult who is over the age of 18 because I imagine it would be a lot more fun. And as for the future one, I'm going to pick a point in time in the future where panda bears have become domesticated because they are no longer endangered. We have hundreds of millions of them and so common that we also have a you know an offshoot of the breed which is domesticated smaller and just like man's new best friend move over dogs that is my future ryan asks what is the most interesting thing that you realized this week i was watching a video a couple of days ago and it explained that the old push button phones where you would press the buttons and it would make a beeping sound I did not realise that that beeping sound was actually the phone's way of transcoding the number that you pressed. So each beep would have a tone and that tone translated into the computer knowing which buttons you'd pressed. I just assumed that the buttons inputted the numbers or something. I don't know and I felt really stupid. It was an interesting mind-blowing moment for me. What is one message you would give to yourself at 18? I would say... Look. Just carry on as you are, do as you do, because you're going to have a lot of carefree fun over the next few years, and it's really important to enjoy your life and have fun, and not worry about things that you don't need to worry about. Obviously when you are that age you don't think you don't need to worry about anything, but I would just say, don't worry about it. What is your favourite Halloween costume that you've dressed up as? I really enjoyed my magician costume that I did a few years ago. It will actually, it was, to expand on it, it was supposed to be an exploded magician whose magic trick had gone wrong. So I wore bright red pants, a white shirt, I drew card symbols all over my shirt, all over my arms, I had a red bow tie, I had a magic wand in my pocket, I had odd shoes, I drew symbols all over my face, and I had my hair, I stuck it up as high as I could with loads of products, and hairsprayed it so it was solid, and then covered it in white hairspray, and it just looked fantastic. I looked ridiculous, and I truly looked like a mad magician who had exploded. Are you any good at accents? No, 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 no. What is the funniest way you've been injured? I mean, it's not very funny, but I once 
got my jacket caught in the spokes of a bike and I flew over onto my face and went down the entire concrete sloped entrance to a subway on my face but that wasn't really very funny. Andy asks, Was the box ever going to be anything else other than a box? Interesting question because joy, the thing that people worship in the shrine, could manifest itself in a lot of different ways. I just decided I wanted a box. For whatever reason, it just came together that way and it felt like the it felt right and also the fact that people were going to crawl through it but I suppose the fact that people were going to crawl through it was because it was a box had I deciding on something else then people might not have done that and that's why it would have been better but the people could and it all just sort of came together and it was meant to be a box and that's why it was a box and now I've got Hannah on the line Hannah I believe you've got a live question for me no no I said no well then what are you doing on my podcast I thought we could play a game of roller coaster word association. Oh, okay. Who's going to go first? Me, obviously. The Smiler. Gerslauer. Saw. Beyond Vertical Drop. Rage. Vertical Loop. Nemesis. B&M. Nemesis Inferno. Corkscrew. Interlocking. Ooh. Dueling Dragons. Hang on, I'm going to say the proper name for it so it sounds fancy. <clears throat> Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. You definitely Googled that, didn't you? <laughs> yep. It's in front of me right now. <laughs> Multi-launch. Helix. Mac. Manta? There's two. Manta San Diego is, I think it's a... Family launch coaster, I think? Yeah, but I don't know if it's Mac. It, it is. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Manta. Okay, well, I'm going to go um, flying. Ooh. Air. Galactica. 13. And how are they associated? Same same park. Okay. Um, drive tyre. What's a drive tyre? It's the thing that lifts. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lift hill. Wickerman. Megaphobia. Woody. Are we allowed Woody? Why would we not be? <laughs> Wooden. Wood. Big Dipper. Rough. Furious Bacco. Winged. Swarm. Expensive. Icon. Okay. Heartline Roll. Twisted Immelman. Inversion. How has neither of us said that yet? Infusion. Blue. The big one. Sponsorship. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with IP. Hulk. Green. Cheetah Hunt. Ooh. Intamin. Hydraulic Launch. LCM Launch? LCM? No, you've just lost there. LSM, LSM. You've lost, no, you said LCM, so you lose. End of the game. (gasps) No, no, you can't include that. Yes, I can include that. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. This has been the story of Joy, the third attraction from the Joy sequence. The upcoming fourth attraction from the Joy sequence is called Guilt Trip. Guilt Trip is designed to go further than the grotto, pest control and joy in story depth, set design, prop design, sound, video, just the overall experience I really wanted to keep on growing with each past attraction like I have been doing and putting more into it and getting more from it. 
Guilt Trip invites guests to participate and aid in the Dreamlink program at the Buttercup Alpha facility. The Buttercup Alpha facility was set up to help fight a nationwide problem of children refusing to sleep after rumours of a so-called guilt mare monster getting them in their sleep has been circling around schools. Rumour has it, the guilt mare hides under beds keeping score of people's naughty step count on a map until it reaches a certain number and then their time will be up the next time they go to sleep. The Dreamlink program was created in hopes to fix this through a cognitive linking system that allows volunteers to step into the dreams of a sleeping child on a mission to find out what they've done wrong, what they're guilty of, and help put it right. However, the link only works for the first 15 minutes of sleep before the brain enters a sleep stage that breaks the link. Can you figure out the cause of guilt and escape in time? That's like the sort of synopsis for the attraction. Uh, you can head over to my Instagram and Twitter or YouTube channel at The Joy Sequence to see more updates on all things Joy Sequence. And you can listen back to previous episodes of this podcast for the story behind and the creation of past attractions, pest control and the grotto, plenty of Q&As, chats and all sorts of other auditory things. And I shall leave you with some more auditory things from Guilt Trip. <laughs>